glad you got to keep in power in the midst of storms and troubles. Remember Brother Branham relating the story when someone come to him and he lost his father and mother and, or his wife rather and brother and several family members really close together and went through some really, really difficult times and asked him, did you keep your religion during that time? He said, no, it kept me. It ain't us holding on to him by our own strength. It's him holding on to us. Amen. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. Trust you're happy to be in the house of God once again. <clears throat> Through all, <clears throat> Through all the things we go through in life, there's always, always something that we can be able to find to be grateful for. That's right. Let's turn tonight, if you would, to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. We've been speaking about getting in the Spirit <clears throat> I find it amazing how many things have happened in the last, um, I think this is part number 30 when I've been dealing with this, in the last months of so much spirit of the end time that has been made manifest, uh, people killing one another, people ready to destroy our nation, uh, not just people out there, but people living here. And it's pretty evident that everybody is getting under some kind of spirit. So ultimately, we're going to get under some kind of spirit. <clears throat> It'll be your choice and my choice, which one that we will get under. So let the world laugh at us. Let them make fun of us and let them call us whatever they wish to call us. But someday when they go to a calling for me, they can call all they want to because I'll be gone. Call me anything you want to call me because I'm going to be gone one of these days because I'm identified with light. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Let's read the principle, the first principle of God given when it comes to the principle of separation. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, Brother Branham, when he preached the seals, he said that in quoting the scripture, that he didn't believe that this was the creation of the stars, the moon, the sun, and all that. They were already in existence, but this was after something, of course, that happened on the earth and brought this cataclysmic change and this darkness. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided or separated the light from the darkness. So when, see, when God got ready to use this star, it was, it was whirling out there in the orbit, and this darkness had covered it, God had to start separating in order to use it. God could never use it as long as the darkness was over the earth. It's the same with us. God can never use us. God can never reveal himself to Abram until he started separating. And as the light got brighter, the more he separated. The same with us. 
God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. It's amazing that God does not look at the darkness and call it good. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Now, before this division, everything was total dark, but it was not even named dispensationally yet. It's just when God looked at it, it was totally dark. So God didn't call it night, and the reason was because there was no day. Had there not been day brought into existence, it would have just been total dark. You see, it is actually the creation of light and the forming of those dispensations that separate it that what makes the darkness congeal together. Now remember that as we go on tonight. It's actually the light that forces the darkness to congeal together. And it forces our enemies to come together and make friends. Make a bond or a joining together. But it's the light that's forcing it. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. How many would like to be remembered tonight as we pray? I'm sure you know we have... <clears throat> A few more that's been diagnosed positive with COVID, and we certainly want to remember them. Brother Tom Hornyak's still in the hospital. Uh, Brother William Smith's got to come home today. Thank the Lord for that. And I've also been in touch with Brother George Smith, and he's doing better slowly, but is doing better. Uh, we certainly want to remember all of those that are sick. I'm sure that you have needs tonight outside of COVID. Believe it or not, there's other things going on beside COVID. You can have a go to the doctor and have a toothache and say it's probably COVID. Well, I don't believe that myself. I believe it's demons. That's what it is. We had life before COVID and we're going to have life during COVID and we're going to have life after COVID. I am sick and tired of COVID trying to regulate our life. Praise the Lord. I am ready for a complete deliverance from COVID. Anybody else here with me? So we're not just focusing on COVID needs tonight. We're focusing on your need. If it lays outside the confines of whatever that I've studied tonight, you pull on whatever you have need of. And the Lord God can direct me if it's no more than just a sentence or a paragraph for you. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth tonight from whence these bodies were taken, and one day they'll go back. We know, Lord, that as you started dealing with our father Abraham, you told him to look at the sand and count of if he could. And that would be the number of his seed. You told him to look at the stars and count them if he could. And the prophet picked that up and said, from dust to stars. Father God, we're so grateful. We have been identified with both. Our bodies from the dust, our souls from the stars. Through the power of redemption, they're merged together to become part of that new race that you created. Lord, you see as we've come here tonight, and Father, we have various needs. And Lord, not only those that are visible, but those that are invisible. Lord, some that's in the hospital, some, Lord, that's running fevers, some that's got this and that some, Lord, with allergies and whatever more. But no matter what name the doctors would try to give it, 
We know it's from our enemy and your enemy. And we'd like for that lying, bluffing devil to know tonight that we are made of stuff that don't bluff. And we are conquerors not because of what we are in ourselves, but by what you have already done for us. Father, I pray for your children tonight, those that are sick, those that are in the hospital. Some more, Lord, testing positive for COVID, and we ask for your grace to them, Lord. Father, Brother William Smith able to go home today, and for that we're grateful. Brother George doing better, Lord, and we just pray you'd continue to strengthen him. Brother Tom still in the hospital. Father had to sit for a couple of days just waiting in the emergency room to even get a bed because there's been such an upswing in this thing. That changes absolutely nothing. You are still our healer, our provider, and we claim your blessings right in the midst of the storm. Father God, we ask that you would speak to us tonight from your word. Help me, Lord, that I can get out of the way. Help me that I can submit to you. May the people of God pull on the gift of God. Help us, Father God. Speak through me, hear through them, live through us all to the glory of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, God bless you. You may be seated. Now let's go into this and see just a little bit what's causing this divide so great in this last day. We know that ever since the darkness was made to disperse, and that was because of this emerging of light, that it's been a, not only a natural darkness and a natural light, but there's also been a spiritual darkness and a spiritual light. Truly, that was made very, very clear. Each time the light of God would get brighter, God would send a prophet and the light of that age would illuminate the darkness. It's amazing when you look and see a Jeremiah, a Ezekiel, a Zephaniah, Zechariah, Haggai, whichever ones that it was, and the light of God being so bright, and it seemed like the sins of the people would get darker and darker and worse and worse. And you think, why would they do that? It was the coming of the light that forced the darkness to gather together. And it seemed that the light in those men of God's lives, it brought out not so much more love among many of the people of the day, but more hatred. They despised, they absolutely stood against the true anointed of God. So we see that pattern. I really don't like looking at it, to be honest with you. It's not one of my favorite subjects to study on, but it is the reality of God. So I'm glad God had it wrote in the Word so we would be able to see it in our day, what is the culmination of all of the darkest times that has ever been on the earth. So we know if all hell is being released, that all heaven is also coming down. So it depends on which side of the pillar of fire that we are on where we will be joined together. Now, notice this, Brother Renham, if you haven't listened to this a while, it's a very good tape. He preached it back in 1955, the beginning and ending of the Gentile dispensation. And he said, it begins to get real dark just before the break of the day. We see the darkness gathering now. What is it? It's light 
pressing against the darkness. One has to give away. All the creeping things that's been running through the night, when the sun comes up, they take to shelter when the light shines. Now, it all depends on how we look at that and how we will embrace it, whether we will look at it in a positive sense or a negative sense. Now, Satan can get us to look at the running together of the darkness and the congealing of the darkness getting together. And we focus on that alone. We will actually miss the reason that the darkness is doing that. Now, what we will look at if we're not careful because we are still earth, and what is it that light and darkness most can be able to affect? Well, of course, it's the earth. Now, we're looking out here and we see the last little bit of daylight, 20 minutes until eight. As our days get longer, there will be more daylight, of course, until it reaches up in July, and then about nine o'clock or so, quarter after nine, when it reaches the longest day of the year, thank the Democrat time, and then before it changes over to the other kind of time, it'll start being longer and longer, and then it'll reach the longest day, and then it'll start getting shorter and shorter. Now, whenever it's that way, the emanating power of the sun will keep the darkness at bay. And then it'll start to where the days will start losing a little more light, a little more light, a little more light, till it comes around December the 25th. Our time will change, of course, in the fall, and then it'll be the shortest day of the year. And then we will say, oh, it's more darkness, it's more darkness. Actually, it's not more darkness as far as the dispensation of it. It's just the daylight is becoming shorter. Now, it depends on which way we are looking at it. We can look around at all the sad times, all the murders, all the violence, everything that's going on. Is it worse? It is worse than it's ever been. But the reason it is worse is because the light is getting brighter. But you see, if we're not careful, we will focus so much on the darkness getting worse. Are more people getting killed? Are there, is there more violence on their streets? Sure, because it's the repeating of Genesis 6 when the thoughts of man's heart was continually on violence and there was murders and there was things going on. There's such unrest. Is this right? Pick it up in your newspaper. Pick it up on your phone, on your apps. And if somebody got killed and there's more violence here, more violence violence there. We don't even get one thing settled till another one breaks out. Is this right, sense? But listen, friends, don't let all of this, and this is something we must be alarmed about and warned about tonight. It is happening at such a rapid pace. If we are not careful, we will become desensitized by the amount of violence that is on the earth, and we will just pick it up and say, okay, same old stuff, but just new people. And it will happen so fast, and believe it or not, it is happening so fast, already we, as the people of God, have become desensitized in the last year. Because so much has happened, and it's almost a protective level that God puts inside of us to help us to where that we do become desensitized, or we would lose our mind. We would lose our sanity. But we must remember that when we become desensitized, it also affects an element 
God of our spiritual value as well. So we must not allow the things on the earth and we're looking and saying, oh God, oh God, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. Well, you cannot be like the ostrich and go bury your head in the sand and think tomorrow it will be over. We acknowledge it's bad, it's never been this bad before and I'll tell you it's gonna get worse but you can stick your head in all the news and get so gloomy and so sad or you can keep your eyes on the good news which is the gospel and realize all of these things for the believer are pointing one direction and that is up. That's right, it's sad, it's difficult. My, there's more addictions, there's more murder, but per capita, all these things, violent crime is increasing, and these cities that wanted to do away with the police, well, we can see what's happening to them. And it's gonna get worse and worse, and some of them are screaming louder, let's get rid of all the corrupt police. Well, sure, that's exactly what gangs want you to do. And the reason the Hollywood agenda wants to take your guns is because they can afford to be able to hire security people. So they're not worried about if they take your gun. They're not worried about if they violate your second constitutional rights, all right? Because they can afford to have them. So can the congressmen and the senators who pass those laws. But yet remember, some of those congressmen and senators was the guys that smoked marijuana. They were the hippies in the 70s. They were the hippies in the 60s. And now they're sitting up there in the White House, a bunch of dogs and liars. They're not even fit to bear the name of being American. They're anti-American. They're anti anti-army, they're anti-principle of what George Washington, Thomas Jefferson stood for. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. Our nation is not today what it was, and if our founding fathers could see that, I imagine it would make them so sick. I wonder how many boys that gave their life in the Korean conflict, in the Vietnam War, and World War One, World War Two, on and on and on. They'd turn over in their graves if they'd see what our nation is going to but the Bible tells us the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. Look around friends, we are not living in a, in a place of heaven. We are not living in paradise. We are living in hell. Why? Because our nation turned against God. But let me tell you, even in spite of all of that darkness, it's the greatest time that's ever been to be a child of God. Notice this, the prophet said, what is it? The darkness gathering now. It's the light pressing against the darkness. One has to give way. And all the creeping things that's been creeping through the night, that's why we're seeing so many creeps, two-legged ones. All the creeps is running from the light. Notice all the creeping things has been running through the night. When that sun comes up, they take to shelter when the light shines. That's right. We're taught by the scientists as the light begins to come, it condenses the darkness and the darkness gathers all of its hosts together to fight against the light. But the light prevails and comes on. Well, let me just tell you that the light is prevailing now. But you say, Brother Donnie, it don't look like it. You're right. It don't look like it, but it is anyway. Now, notice this. He says, again, in the same message, paragraph 38, and the Bible said in the last days that Satan would go about like a roaring lion. He's gathering together all of his enemies, all of his friends, our enemies. Now, 
notice he's gathering all of his enemies. He's gathering all of his friends, which are our enemies. The sad truth about it is some of us don't know which is our friends or our enemies. We support things that stand against what we believe. Well, come on now. There's folks in the message that send their tithes here and there and there and their offerings, and they absolutely stand against the fivefold ministry, and people will support it and send their offerings to it. Well, praise the Lord. Now notice he said, gathering together all of his enemies and his friends, our enemies, and congregating them together, heaping up under a big head the mark of the beast. In the ecclesiastical realms, the confederation of churches, you mean to tell me that the devil is gathering his people under the confederation of churches? Yep, the prophet said in the seal book, his Protestants and his Catholics, both sides. Well, praise God. The confederation of churches all in uniting and making themselves a great organization the same as Catholicism. But what did God do whenever the darkness covered the face of the deep and the Spirit of God spoke? Now, it did not make the sun or the moon. Actually, the Hebrew word there is ore. So it is the illuminating rays. And as I preached last Wednesday night, that the light is one of the few things that kept its original true characteristics by the spoken word. Water can be contaminated. The earth can be contaminated. The atmosphere can be contaminated, but you cannot contaminate light. So if you'd be able to catch a ray of light and be able to bury that ray of light in a coal bank or under the dirt and you'd release that light hundreds or thousands or millions of years later. That light would not be contaminated because it contains its original purity. This is why we must be born of light and not of doctrines. I believe in doctrine. I thank God for doctrine. But friends, what we're seeing now in the last few years has been a bunch of people falling away from the doctrines of this message because they never had the light of this message. They took a book, they took a tape, and they come around and they joined even preachers that have stood in the pulpit and preached the message for years and years, and now they're fighting the very thing that they helped establish around the world. Why? Because the light of God never really struck their soul and give them a light word burst. But what did they get? Doctrine. They got theology. I love doctrine, but I want more than doctrine. I want light. Come on now. Doctrine can be contaminated. You can believe doctrine with all of your heart, but if the light has never birthed your soul, somebody talks you into doctrine, somebody else will talk you out. But if you've been born by the light of God, you live in Laodicea, you live in the most rotten, sinful age it's ever been, but it will not contrupt. Oh, hallelujah, light, because light cannot be corrupted. It cannot be able to be tainted. God's light is pure. God is light. Amen. Ye are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill which cannot be hid. You see, folks look at us and think, why are them message people so different? Why do we dress different, act different, look different? Why is it that we read this man's quotes and project them up on the screen there? Why do why, why, why we have to do that? We're separated. You see, God used this principle from the very beginning. 
when he started dealing with Abraham, of course, bringing it on down, he kept separating. Separating. What was it? Separating darkness from the light. Watch this in Shalom. The darkness is separating itself from the light. God's causing it. The light's doing it. You see, we're looking at the darkness and if we're not careful, we're laying all the power, all the authority, and we're thinking, it's the darkness that's making all this happen. No, it's the light. The light. Don't you understand one reason why that in the last few years that some of these folks have left the message? Don't you understand what it is? The light has caused it. Oh, you're thinking, oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord, there ain't going to be nobody left. Yes, there will be people left. Who will it? Those whose names are on the Lamb's book of light. Life. Amen. Why? And what's happening? Because the bride is seeing who she is in the Word, and the light is becoming brighter and brighter, and we're walking in a more perfect day. And what is it doing? It's shining light on the dark fellows around us. Not just the dark ones out there, but the dark ones that have been in our midst. And as the light gets brighter and brighter, it's uncovering their hide. Oh, yeah. But I say it this way. Shine on me, Lord Jesus. Let your light shine on me. If there's anything in me that's not like the Lord, let it shine on me so I can make it right. Amen. Notice, see, the light's pressing itself in such a way until the darkness has to congregate together. Don't you see what it's doing? The light is scaring the darkness and the darkness is gathering. That's what's happening. It's gathering. You brothers that hunt and you set out before daylight and you get a tree stand or set in a blind wherever you are. And you know how it is. It gets so quiet, so quiet just right before the break of the day. And before you ever see the sun, you'll see that daybreak begin to come over the mountains or wherever you are, the hills. And it'll begin to slowly, slowly rise. I don't care. It might have been as dark as pitch when you went here. You had to have a flashlight and you got out there and everything around you is making noises and you're looking around. You get up there and sit down in that tree stand and something goes to scratching down the bottom of that tree and you're... Now, I'm the only honest hunter, I guess, in here, huh? The rest of you guys want to tell me them noises don't get you? <laughs> oh, yeah. But what is it? It's something about darkness. But it's amazing once the sun comes up and you look down there and you realize, that was a chain on the bottom of that tree stand blowing down through there. That sounded like a bobcat coming up there to get me. So what is it? The light makes manifest what the darkness brought fear and the light, oh glory, the light drives the fear away. So the spooks of the darkness of the night, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh, 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 oh anybody gonna be led? What, what, what next preacher is gonna fall? Don't live in that realm of darkness. Don't live in that, oh no, our church is gonna fall. Oh no, Brother Donnie's gonna fall. No, Brother Donnie ain't gonna fall. Brother Andrew's gonna fall. Oh, Brother West or Brother Darrell, no. God's got some men that are just as solid as God himself is solid. Woo! They cannot fall because they are part of him. Let this one come. Let that one go. And not only has God got preachers, but God's got saints. There are saints sitting right here tonight. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, they'll be here, brother, come hell or high water. They'll be here no matter what the devil does. Why? Because they are born of life. Amen. And they will drive darkness and the darkness hates you because of it so it tries to press against you 
and it's strange that the earth and its beauty, you look out there and you can see now, it's almost all gone. The light is gone. But it's not disappeared. It's just moved where we can't see it. Is that right? So the earth will be under this veil of darkness till in the morning. And guess what it is about us that can get in the Shekinah presence of God and we feel like we're about to fly away and dismiss church and walk out that door and somebody will come up and say something to you. Boy, you feel like you're so low you could crawl under a concrete block with a 10-gallon hat on and never even touch it. What happened? Sun went down. Why? The earth experiences day and night. Praise be to God. Don't you understand why we need to get in the spirit? The Bible don't tell you to get in the flesh. I've been in it for almost 65 years. I'm trying to get out. Praise be to God. Notice this. It causes to congregate together. Oh my. He said, see the light's pressing itself in such a way unto the darkness has to congregate together. They had a chance to accept it. And they wouldn't do it. So it condensed itself. And they do that. Oh, listen to this. By putting the church together and the council of churches. Somebody sent me a clip the other day of a preacher. Not sure exactly it wasn't a message preacher, but boy, he is all fiery. Man, he's a preaching. It was his Easter sermon, Sunday morning. He's preaching about the bones of Ezekiel. And he said, the Baptist bone to the Methodist bone. Then the Methodist bone come to the Nazarene bone and come to the Catholic bone and then the Pentecostal bone and all God's bones of his children's all coming together. Oh yeah, he's under the spirit, ain't he? What was he building? A denominational image to the beast. You see what he was doing? He was building a man right there. We know that Ezekiel 38, of course, is the parallel of the bride, but it's also the Jews. But he took that very scripture, brothers, that we preach from, and he built a denominational image right in front of them people, and you could hear them, and they were rejoicing, and no doubt they thought, oh my, this is what Jesus said? Yeah, it's what Jesus said, all right, but I don't want to be that part of what he said. There's certain scriptures I don't want to fulfill, and that's one of them. Amen. But yeah, here he was. He was inspired and he was moving about the pulpit and he said all of God's children are coming together and I thought here the Holy Ghost is telling us get out of there stay away from that thing don't you get in there and here's another man up preaching and sweating and carrying on and telling them and joining them together and right there on that pulpit he built a very image to the beast by taking this bone and that bone and that bone and when he got done he had a Baptist church of God Nazarene Antichrist and Christ and whatever more an image to the beast oh my he said they can do that by putting the church together and the council of churches uniting it with pagan darkness when they so firmly disagree with one another But yet, they had to go together to make the night come upon the people. 
You see, what's happening out here in, in Portland and what's happening up in Minnesota and what's happening in Washington and, you know, wherever people are doing all these crazy things. Don't you understand what led up to them people to do that? The Council of Churches. And many of them don't even believe in God. They don't even believe in church. But by them doing what they're doing, they're turning the whole nation that they live in, not only the nation but the world, into what? Darkness and chaos. Notice again in Genesis 1-4, God saw the light that it was good. And God divided. The word is baldol, which is to divide, separate, set apart. To make a distinction. So night wears one clothes. Day wears another. Right? So night has on clothes. It's veiled in darkness. With night comes the night sounds. With night comes the night fears. I like parts of night. Just parts of it. I was in Zimbabwe several years ago at a hunting place. And out in the middle of the bush, I drove hours and hours to get there. And I was staying in a little small place. Oh, it might have been a 12 by 12, something like that, kind of an octagon, a top-shaped thing. Mud-type walls, thatch-type roofs. And uh, had a very strong smell to it with this stuff that was there, so it really irritated me anyway. And whenever they led me there, they told me, now, you know, this is yours for the night, for the few days that you're going to be here, but there's no locks on the door. Well, that right there, I was ready to head to Dodge, not out of Dodge. I was, ready to, I was looking for a lock on that door because they said, now, there's leopards here. There's also lions, so they go to telling me all these things that's there. Needless to say, me and the Lord sat up all night. Now, he's used to doing that, but I ain't. During the night, I got so tired and so sleepy. I lay, I lay down on the bed, me and my gun. I thought if that leopard comes through that door, he, I'm going to treat this thing like an M50 machine gun whenever he, he's going to be like a seal when I get done with him. But I heard something and I dozed off to sleep and it was going. <laughs> my eyes got as big as half dollars. It kept getting louder and louder. And I was praying louder and louder. It finally left. The next morning, the guys come to, y'all sleep well? I said, I didn't. I don't know about anybody else. I sure didn't. I told him, I said, there was some kind of critter. Critter, you imagine an African sharing the word critter. <laughs> they come by my cabin or building where I was at. And he said, it was just an anteater. <laughs> well, I didn't know the difference between an anteater and a man-eater. <laughs> but the darkness, yeah. the darkness, the sounds that I heard it during the day, I'd have probably raised the window and looked at him or hollered at him. But what is it about darkness 
and the night sounds that enhances the fear. Don't you understand? If Satan can get us in our mind in this dark, gloomy age of depression and sickness, every little thing's a spook to us. Oh no, this one's gonna die. Oh no, this one's got this. Oh no, no, COVID here, COVID there, COVID somewhere else. Oh no, oh no, oh God help us. You need to open up your eyes, brother, sister, and realize the Lord Jesus has not left us during these times. Sure, it's dark, but the reason it's dark is because the light is brighter than it's ever been before. You see, from Genesis 1, we see that God establishes this principle of separation. What's God now as he brings it on down from Abraham to the seed of Israel? Exodus 10, 21, And the Lord God said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. Now Egypt was used to having dark nights. Egypt also because being near the desert, as it would start before the monsoon, the rains would come, 20 to 25 days prior to the rains would come these howling winds 50, 60, 70, sometimes 100 miles an hour. You imagine now picking up the sands off the desert. And it would become so bad that the people would have to go into their houses and their homes anywhere to find protection. And it would actually fill the skies. I've seen some of those actually myself. Where you can't see anything. But it was not like this. This was a darkness that was so thick. It was a congealing for the Daryl of darkness. And the Egyptians, remember, it was a very smart civilization. And they had lights, not electric lights like we have, but they did have some form of lights. But this darkness was so thick when they would try to light one of their candles or their lights, the darkness would pull the oxygen, take the flame from the tallow, Take the flame from the light. They couldn't even make a light burn. And this darkness was so thick. It's like you could reach out and cut it. I've been to a few churches that way. (laughs) Ain't we brothers? Notice now what brought, Lord children. What brought this darkness? From the voice of a prophet of God. You ought to be so happy tonight that when you heard this word from a prophet's lips, it didn't bring darkness to your soul. Instead of bringing darkness, it brought light. Now notice, and the Lord said, Moses, stretch out thine hand toward the heaven, and there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even in darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward, where from? Heaven. And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. You see, God, you've studied your Bible, and you know that God in all of these plagues, God is striking a deity of Egypt. 
This one is aimed at Amun-Ra. Amun-Ra, which is the sun god. Also Horus, which is associated with the stars and the heavens. Pharaohs were called the son of Ra. So here, this power of God is aimed at a heathen deity. So Amun-Ra, you're the one who brings the rays of the sun. Ra, you're the one who illuminates the earth. And God says, all right, my voice. All right, my God representative on the earth, stretch out your hand. And here Horus and Amun-Ra are doing their thing. And here's a man of God on the earth holding up his hand and stopping it. (laughs) Praise God. So here Pharaoh represented Amun-Ra. And Moses represented the eternal. Oh my goodness. Now there was also another God called Nut. A lot of them deities around, ain't they? Nut. I know it sounds crazy, but this is actually her name. It was a woman, uh, a woman goddess. And she was called a nut. I believe we've got a lot of them, don't you? We've been invaded by them. <clears throat> she was the goddess of the sky. And she also was being humiliated <laughs> by this prophet, as well as by the plagues of hail and the plagues of locusts, because they prayed to her to keep all these things out of the sky. God has a purpose in what he's doing, don't he? Now notice how thick this was in verse 23. And they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. This darkness was so bad, it was paralyzing. So you imagine the Bab families gathered together in the house and the Reagan family and the Smiths and the Jones and whatever, you know, whatever them Egyptian folks' names were. And they run into their houses and they grab their torches and their lanterns and they tried to light and they tried to light and just go, I thought, what is wrong? What is wrong? This darkness was so thick, it would not allow the oxygen to be able to cause it to ignite it and burn. And they were so terrified. They sat on the couch on the chair, wherever it was, for three days. They couldn't even see one another. So they're looking right at one another, and they didn't know if there's a man or a woman, or a trans, or a glans, or a brands, or they weren't really sure what they was. They was looking right at one another and couldn't even tell what they was. The darkness is here, friends. I said the darkness is here. Oh my, but listen, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Isn't this a peculiar word that Moses used here in the book of Exodus to define this when he didn't say just their houses, but in their dwellings. Oh, you imagine while the darkness was over there and everybody was silent by what? 
a vindicated prophet of God. And if you'll study these plagues and you'll go back over in the book of Revelation and you'll compare them there with the vials that's going to be poured out in the last days, you'll see as Moses done here in Egypt, so will Moses and Elijah do in the last days. Exactly. Fifth, sixth, and seventh to the T. Exactly. Moses had experience doing. God said, I'm going to use you again. You're doing a good job. So I'm going to send you right back down there in the last day. And where will you be, my brother, sister? Sitting around the marriage supper of the Lamb. Why? Because you have walked in the light as he is in the light. And when you walk in the light as he is in the light, then you have the cleansing power of the blood. That's the only way we are forgiven. Amen. That's the way we have fellowship. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ and we have fellowship one with another. Amen. Amen. What does it? Light. So here they are. Mama. Mama. I'm here, son. But the darkness is so thick that it reverberated through the room and the little boy couldn't find his mama. The oxygen was so snuffed out of the atmosphere that they couldn't even light a light. You know they had lights. You can see them on their drawings and the pyramids. I've been there and seen them. They had all kinds of lights. But when God does something, he can put your lights out. But at the same time, the children of Israel, what are you going to do? I'm going out to milk the cows. What are you doing? Going out to draw some water. What are you doing? Oh, I'm fixing pancakes. What are you doing? We're doing this, that, and the other. What are they doing? They're just going right on behaving as they did normally. And Goshen was right next door to where the Egyptians lived. So it was a supernatural something that divide, it divided the day from the night. Now here, they were following Horus, which was an idol god. They were following Amun-Ra, which was an idol god. And these people over here were following the Almighty God under the administration of a vindicated prophet. And they were experiencing such darkness like they'd never known before. And these folks over here was going to church, reading their Bible, praying, paying their tithe, just living right, just going right on in life as normal as it can be. Why? It was normal for them because they were living in the light. They were walking in the light. They were on the right side of the pillar of fire. Day and night. These folks over here are terrified. You imagine the children of Israel could look and say, Oh God, oh God, look at that. Day one went by, nighttime sat on them. They said, I ain't seen one light. Day two, not another light. Here they are just going right on, going to church, just playing tapes, reading their Bible. I mean, they're just... Acting like they got good sense. They're just as happy as they can be. Right in the middle of trouble, this is going on and that's going on. And they're just joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. And these over here, oh, mama, husband, where are you? And the atmosphere being so thick is it would come through them waves of the atmosphere and it would go that way and then it would go back that way and come back and they couldn't find nobody. 
They couldn't find mama. They couldn't find daddy. They couldn't find the priest. They couldn't find nobody. They were individually lost collectively. As we are individually saved, but collectively we're joined as a body. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. You see, not only were their own lights put out, but no stars were the dark. No sun, no moon. The heavenly luminaries were totally blocked out. It's amazing to me that children of God can look out on the springtime and everywhere we look, we see resurrection. Scientists looks at it and sees Darwinism. They look at the same thing you look at and they say, oh, Darwin was right. Well, Darwin was a bit more right than the man on the moon. He was as wrong as he could be. But they're looking at the same thing you're looking at and you're saying, oh, my heavenly father. Well, we're trying to figure out how this such and such and done so and so. And you can say, I can tell you if y'all want to know, my daddy done it. And I said, oh, you crazy people. You don't even know nothing about it. Well, you just got to take and understand where they are. They're sitting in their laboratory and they can't see one another and they can't see you and they can't see him. Why? Because they're in this darkness of scientific knowledge and understanding of Laodicea, which is going to take them straight to the tribulation period. And here you are just a simple little believer that loves God and believes his word. You can't prove all these things with the Bible. You can't prove all these things. I don't know how God stopped the sun. I don't know how God does all these things. I just believe it. Well, Brother Donnie, you're so simple-minded. If the Bible said it, you believe it. Amen. I sure do. You imagine the darkness was so thick it made their flesh clammy. Y'all ever been fog that was so thick you can't even drive? Several years ago, Carol and I was out in the meeting with Brother Darrell and Sister Cheryl out in Tucson, and we left after the service there, drove up from Tucson to Phoenix, going up under Flagstaff. Before we got into Flagstaff, the temperature dropped, elevation higher, of course, and whenever we got up in there, we ran into something I'd never seen in my life, freezing fog. Freezing fog. It froze on the windshield, it froze on the wipers, it froze on, the, on your hood, it froze on the semis in front of us, it froze on the trees, it froze on the asphalt, everything. And it's suspended in the air, freezing. Was it scary? It was. But that was mild compared to this. They must have been so afraid. But you know what makes it worse than that, friends? Their souls were so dark. Once the darkness passed, they never asked for forgiveness. They kept praying to Amun-Ra. They kept praying to the nut goddess. I guess that's what nuts do. They pray to nut gods, don't they? Oh, my. None of them rose from their place. You're talking about bringing all the business to a screeching halt. No builders built, no painters painted, no electricians worked. Nobody done anything. God has given our nation and our world just a little taste of what tribulation's going to be. 
Oh, we're so mighty and we're so great and we're so scientific. Come on, children, don't sit there and look at me funny. Did not God allow, God didn't bring COVID, oh no, but God allowed it. Look at the frost, all the freezing temperatures that went down through Texas and we're still dealing with the aftermath of all of that right now. Man thinks he can do something. Oh boy, he can send this deal up there to Mars and they're gonna get up there and rove around on Mars. Don't you all just think it's incredible that we're able to send this little thing up to Mars and just roll around up there for a little bit and pick up a rock or two and take a few pictures and a few selfies of itself out here and send back down here to the earth and we can't even build strong enough cell tower service to make our cell phones work on this old USA. We ain't even smart enough for somebody to come up with a good idea of a microphone that works in a drive through Is that right? Oh, but look at saying, my, look, look what we prove. Yeah, and you pull up to Wendy's and say, I'd like to place an order, please. All right, sir, what do you want? I want a single with ketchup and cheese and pickles only. Then I want a single with just ketchup. And then I want another single. This is me and my grand youngins. And I want another single with just uh, meat and cheese only. And I want a medium tea. And then I want a tea that's 60-40. That's for Carol. 60 unsweet and 40 sweet. And then I want a, a sugar-free or diet Dr. Pepper with cherry, which is mine. And then I want, and then you go through all this, this, sir, could you repeat that? (laughs) And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) You went out after the first item. You was talking too fast. (laughs) But look at man, he can't even make something like that. And sending something way out there to Mars. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is the Mar- Martian rover. How do you know it didn't land on Jupiter? How do we know for sure? Did anybody see a sign that says it's actually Mars? But look at man, he's in such darkness. And we've got such disease and we've got such on the earth and people around the world starving to death every day. Why don't they take those millions of dollars and figure out how to give us clear drinking water? Why don't they take and figure out how to grow food and feed to the hungry instead of sending something way out yonder? It proves the darkness that they're in. And one of these days when we get changed, we'll we'll pass Mars so fast we'll never even see it. Oh, notice Exodus 13, 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day. There you are, brothers. There you are, sisters. There you are, young people. So sometimes he would lead them in the day and tell them to stop and sleep at night. Then other times if the wind was blowing and it would calm sometimes at nighttime, then he'd say, all right, take an even siesta. We're traveling tonight. It had been a bad deal if that had only the visible manifestation of a cloud since it's hard to see clouds at the nighttime. So what did God do? He changed the angel of his presence, which was Christ. So whatever they needed, he took on the visible appearance. Oh, hallelujah. To minister to who? 
his children. So in the day, they needed cloud. Why? Because Egypt does not have a lot of rain. So they did not have a lot of clouds. So it was not like they're just going to have a hard time identifying which was the angel of the Lord. Not like us back here where we have clouds a lot, but there they're very, very rare. So you'd be able to look up and you see, there he is, praise God, right above us. But if they would only be limited to that manifestation, they could only move during the daytime. But God said, sometimes I want you to rest during the day. Sometimes I want you to rest during the night. How are we going to know? Follow me. Follow my manifestation. Amen. If you lay down at night and I appear, you know it's time to take your tent down and move on. Oh, brother, sister, I'm so glad. Whatever the Lord wants us to do, anybody with me? Whatever the Lord wants us to do, if he wants us to have prayer meetings, we'll have them. If he wants us to pray, we'll pray. Whatever he wants us to do, just tell us, Lord. We'll do it if you'll make it known to us. Oh, my. I found this in history this week, and I'll tell you one thing. I thought it was phenomenal. In a well-known Egyptian papyrus, which is a little written document, the commander of an Egyptian expedition was called a flame in the darkness at the head of his soldiers. <laughs> so the commanding officer was called a flame in the expedition. So you see what God was doing? God was saying, Joshua they just ain't your leader. Moses ain't your leader. I am. So God got out in front of them and said, I'll be your general. I'll be your leader. Don't you see why Satan wants us to take our battles into our own hands? Why he wants us both when we hear a bad report from the doctor and we go to figuring out, oh God, what am I going to do? God, please help me. The best thing you can do is commit it right in the hands of Almighty God and say, Lord, I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll take shots. I'll take treatments if that's what you want. But first and foremost, I am committing my situation into your care. Ain't that right, Sister Becky? And what do we see when we do that? Then however God leads we're okay with it because God makes no mistakes. Hallelujah. 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 Notice this. The Lord actually revealed himself as a man of war. Exodus 15.3 The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. So the Lord is a man of war. You know what, children? He wants to fight your battles. Notice this in Exodus 14, 19 now. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. Now sometimes when you're looking for him and sometimes when you can't feel him, he's just changed to the rear position. Don't you understand? This is why we miss him. This is why we wonder, Lord, what in the world's going on? God, where, where, where are you? Oh God, oh God, you're not there no more. He's still there, but he's moved to where you need him this time in the rear. Now notice he removed and went behind them and the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood 
behind them. So this is a visible token of his presence in the Shekinah glory in a majestic cloud. Now this is not a rain cloud or a thunder cloud, but it's actually a theophanic cloud called the angel of God. None other than a prefigure of our Lord Jesus Christ. You imagine what a strange position to God to go from the forward position to the very last member of the camp. Two and a half million strong, and yours is 2,599,999th person comes through, and God gets on the very end of it. <laughs> Glory to God. And it came between. Ah, oh, see now. Ah, oh, see. So he's up here in front. He's leading. He's leading. He's leading. Pharaoh's getting closer and closer and closer. God says, Moses, I'll be back shortly. Where are you going, God? Rear defense. Time to change position. <laughs> oh, how many times has he done that for us? And the devil convinced us he left us. He left us alone. We couldn't sing. We cried in the night. We cried in the morning, Mother Daryl. And we saw him. He wasn't nowhere near. I'll tell you one thing. You put him between two and a half million people and put him plumb on the back, he's going to feel like he's a long way away from you if you're in the front pew. Yeah. Is that right? He goes all the way back to the very back. And you're crying and you're hollering, Oh, Lord, have you forsaken me? No, he ain't forsook you. He's taken care of your back. Because the devil was getting closer and closer. And he had to go back and say, back off, devil. Back off, devil. Oh, glory to God. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. So you see, it was camp meeting time. The Egyptians were having a camp meeting. And the children of Israel having a camp meeting and God showed up in his own camp meeting to separate the camp meetings. What is it? Separating the day from the night, light from the darkness again. So how did he do it? By another camp. <laughs> oh, glory. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. How is this possible? But it gave light by night to these so that the one came not near the other. What's he doing? Separating. Amen. Dividing the light from the darkness. And, and the only difference is it depends on which side of this supernatural phenomena that you're on. So if you're on this side over here, you're looking right at it. You can't see nothing. I don't see it. I don't see what you're talking about. I don't understand. how I can't put this together. I can't put that together. And the real believers is on the other side. You got to be kidding. You can't see this. Well, this is as plain as day. Once I saw it, I couldn't see nothing else but this. Why? You're on the right side of the cloud. You're on the right side of the pillar of fire. And you can try your best to explain it to people on the other side. But unless the pillar of fire himself pulls them in and changes them around, from darkness to light they'll never see it oh my Job said this in Job 29 3 when his candle shined upon my head when by his light I walked through darkness Psalms 4 6 there be many that say who will show us any good Lord 
Lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Psalms 18, 28. For thou wilt light my candle. Which is the way that they would light the menorah. So it come from the original lighting of the pillar of fire. And they'd go down and light this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. You see, children of God are simply lit by their father. That's your new birth. That's why I said it's more than accepting doctrine because our father is not doctrine. Our father is not theology. Our father, God, is light. And in him is no variables, neither shadow or of turning. So when God gives birth to another children, what another child of God, what is it? Don't you understand why Brother Abraham said, I can see there before the father's door, and he said, God giving birth himself to a son. What was it? A little white light. What was that white light? The Logos, Christ, the son of God. Amen. The pre-existing form of the Lord. Jesus and whenever you are born again what are you? Paul said ye were sometimes darkness but now are ye not in the light but are ye light in the Lord what did God do? God give birth to your candle. God amen. God lit your light. Oh friend we ought to be so happy tonight. Let me preach light to you. Oh yes it's dark but the light is breaking. The day is coming. Oh hallelujah. It is the rising of the sun for the elect of God. Oh, the rapture psalm. Psalm 27, 1. A psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The rapture psalm, and we're talking about fear, and we're talking about being afraid, and we're talking about the enemy rising against us. Remember the prophet reads this, and the only places that he ever in the entire message recorded on tape that he ever even reads this psalm or refers to it, the only place in the entire message, and what the title said, what? The rapture. And he said, I'd like to read this scripture for a background. And the word background means elements that are pulled together to make the view more clear so you can see from something that is going on. So the background of the rapture is what? Psalms 27. Oh, hallelujah. When the enemy rose up against me, when he tried to do this, and notice every one of these verses, David comes out on the other side victorious. Oh, my. He said a whole army compasses against me. No, imagine David been out there hunting one day, and he decided to go on a hunting trip by himself. And he took his little tent and pitched it up. That morning he got up, boy, just shouting around, praising God, worshiping the Lord, Brother Fred. And he got out there, man, rejoicing. And he come out of that tent, and there there was a whole army sitting everywhere all around him. That particular day he chose because it would be warmer in the valley, and he planned on camping down in the valley. And when he got up, there they were. The mountains was full of them. But you imagine him saying, so uh, an army come pass against me, yet I will defeat them. He could look out by the eyes of faith and say, you boys just signed your death warrant. I'm warning you right now. I'm giving you the three and if you ain't gone, you're in trouble. <laughs> Amen. That takes a man of faith to look at cancer, look at TB, look at whatever it is and look at what the doctor said and say, thank you, sir. I appreciate everything you've done, but my God said, by his stripes, I am healed. My God said, whatever I 
ask in his name, he would do it. My God said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, I'm giving you to the count of three to get out or you're going to suffer the consequences, devil. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Lord is my light. He is the strength of my life. Listen. Psalms 112, verse 4, and to the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Psalms 119, verse 105. None. Now, David wrote these and broke them down according to they were written to different people. Some Maskeel, which was a, a song writer and a song leader there as well. Some of them Naginos and different ones, but this one's called None. None. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy words give us light. It give us understanding. Unto who? Ah, part of our problem. You see, for a know-it-all, you can't teach them nothing. Proverbs 4, 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Praise God. Isaiah 9, 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, and upon them hath the light shined. Isaiah 60 and 1, arise, shine, for thy light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. What is it? The rising of the sun. And it's not now just shining upon the earth, but upon the earth. And behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. What makes us press on? What makes us go into the realms that's beyond understanding? When a person has faith in God's promise, sometimes it don't even make sense to themselves. But all they know is they've been so ignited toward that promise of God. They'll look beyond feelings. They'll look beyond emotions. They look right straight to that promise. Well, I thank God for emotions. I know a lot of our folks don't believe in emotions. A lot of the message folks don't believe in emotions. And they don't believe in hollering and shouting and praising God no more. I realize that. And they say, well, God ain't hardly hearing. I agree with that. But he ain't nervous either. Amen. But God don't need a hearing aid. I understand that. I'll tell you what you do when you get time. You go and look. Pulled it up. I think it's there in 1960 in the Revelation series. And Brother Bram was talking about that voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And he said, that voice of the archangel was Christ. And he said, it was the very same voice that called Lazarus from the dead. 
And then Brother Branham mimics it. I let Carol listen to it yesterday. It's, it's, it's a little funny thing, really, the way Brother Branham does it. Whenever Jesus stepped up at the tomb of Lazarus and he said he didn't say, Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. But he said he let forth a shout. You ever wonder why a shout? Now, this is another sermon altogether, and I'm just going to share it with you right now. Do you ever notice the difference in whenever a shout? Now, let's say it this way. You've got a brand new car. Brand new. Car or truck. UPS guy is backing up in your driveway. Unloading the package. It's yours. And you can see he's going to hit your new car. So you step out on the porch and say, Now, that's emotionless, right? It's quiet. It's peaceful. Now, every one of you that tell me that you're going to do that, I'm going to pray that line devil off you. I don't care if you ain't got but a 75 Volkswagen, brother. You don't want that thing run over by the UPS truck. So what do you do? Hey! Now, what have you associated now with that same thing? Take the same word. Stop. Say, stop, don't hit my car! Now, what did I just do? I tied those words to a deeper felt emotion. Isn't it amazing that the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, not a whisper? So he ain't going to say, Bride. Psst. Psst. Bride. Come on now, Bride. Don't you understand what he's doing? He's expressing his own excitement. Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus. He didn't whisper. He didn't just barely utter. He shouted with a voice. And Brother Bram said, one day that same summons, Brother Harvey, will call the bride from the earth. And then he said, Lord, let me be able to hear that call. Let me be able to hear that summons. Oh, my. I don't want to just give God starch and form and routine and ritual. I want to associate my emotions, my everything, with my worship, my Oh, you going to tell me them children of Israel sat over there in daylight and they was just, same old, same old. Wow, man. Here we are in daylight. Wow, them poor Egyptians, man alive. It's, it's really sad. It's a really sad time. It's just really, really sad. You imagine they were so happy. They didn't really want that darkness on the Egyptians. No doubt they become friends with some of them. But it was not their fault. So you can sit around and, and feel sorry for the world and cry for the world and, and let that rob your joy or you can pray for them and enjoy your own walk with God. Amen. We're not rejoicing because people are going to be lost. We're not rejoicing that Laodicea is in darkness. I'm rejoicing because I'm in light, not because they're in darkness. I pray for them that God will bring them in, but if they cannot come in, I'm going on and I'm going on with joy in my heart. With thanksgiving in my heart, I'm grateful for what I can see and what I can enjoy. Because I remember when I was in darkness, don't you? And I never, ever want to go back to such a world. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the light of the day. 
as you give the inspiration, Lord, to Sister, Sister Betty Roberts years ago, can't you see why I'm happy? I've accepted the word of the Lord, the revealed word of the hour, of the end time, the evening light that was spoken by the prophet of Malachi 4. Lord, what's so sad tonight is some of the people who sang that song years ago and tears would run out of their eyes. Now they've given their life to speak against this prophet, this word, and this truth. It breaks our hearts for them. It makes us sad. But we're going on. Help me, Father. Help these people to find a balance in all these things. We have loved ones, friends that aren't saved, that aren't in the light. Help us to find the balance that we still care and we love them and we feel for them. But not that it makes us so sad and so gloomy that it robs us of our joy. Help us to strike that balance. The Bible tells us a false balance is an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. But a just weight is His delight. And we know, Lord, that that was speaking in the natural sense of the weight and the balances of the scales and the money. But I believe there's a spiritual principle for us to see it as well. Lord God, that we certainly mourn and we feel for those that aren't in this light. But God, help us not to become so sad and so depressed because of all that's going on around us that we let Satan turn that on us and rob us of our own joy. Help us, Jesus. Thank you for the light, Lord. I'm so glad, Heavenly Father. So glad that you're so mindful of us. When we need you in front, you're in front. And when the devil goes to moving up really close on the back, you'll move and change your position. Praise be to God. And you'll stand between us and him. Lord, I wonder how many snares and traps he's laid for every child of God standing here in this building tonight. And the very day that sorry rascal got ready to spring that trap, you allowed something to happen. Oh, he'd been working on a man or working on a woman at work, and boy, he'd been doing this and that and the other, and he was going to throw that trap on Monday. And you worked it out where we took Monday off. Yeah, we just decided we'd take Monday off, and the devil said, what in the world happened? All them plans, all that whole thing. It was you that moved behind us. Praise God. Help us, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. Oh, praise God. How many loves him tonight with all your heart? Don't think I'm foolish tonight, but don't you thank God for the trials that he and his wisdom allow to come your way? They break your hearts. I know they do mine too. But when we look back at those things and realize it was the grace of God that brought us through and we're stronger when we come out on the other side. Hey, let's sing that song together. Can't you see why I'm happy? Can we just sing a little bit before we go? Yes, sir. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Can't you see why I'm so happy? Praise God. I've accepted the word of the Lord.
somebody
Praise be to God. And how was it that the children of Israel who had no books, no Bible, no way to know what was right and wrong, and yet God gives to them a law, and God is going to separate the light from the darkness in their everyday journey. And how are they going to know what's right and wrong? What's clothes right? What clothes are wrong? What food's right? What food's wrong? How should we plant? How should we do this? You know how God did that? Through the mouth of a prophet. It wasn't a whole bunch. It wasn't a prophet and a vice prophet and a second prophet and a third prophet. It was one prophet. That's right. So he said, do this and don't do that and don't sow diverse kinds of seed in your field. Don't mix a garment with linen and woolen and don't do this and don't do that. And they had no way in the world. There's no Google. So they could not Google and say, check out Moses.com. And how are we going to know if this is right or not since this is the only man on the earth that's telling us this? There ain't another man on the earth that's saying it's wrong for us to eat shellfish. There's another, not another man on the earth that says that bird that's got that web foot, you stay away from that. But the one that does the house of parted, you can do the out. You can go and do that. One person, not New York Times, not Washington Post, not Google, not Yahoo. Uh-huh. One man. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. But if you're on this side of the light, then you say, praise God. I don't understand it, but praise God. I'm going to do it anyhow. Well, guess where we are, friends? God sent us a prophet in this day. You know why? We didn't need another commentator. We didn't need another pastor. We didn't need another evangelist or a teacher. We didn't need somebody to just come and say, well, I think it could mean this or that. We needed a prophet which had the light of God to be able to say, children, stay away from them denominations. When all the rest of them were saying, come on, come on, join together. But we needed one to say, nope, don't you go near that. You stay away from it. We need another and say, lay this aside, quit that, quit that, don't do this, don't do that. Isn't it amazing? The anti-message people, what are they fighting? The very dividing line between light and darkness and say, this ain't wrong, that ain't wrong, that ain't wrong. Can't you see why they're doing that? They're wanting to pull you right back into the darkness where God delivered you from years ago. Praise God. But I say, be no turning back. Be no turning back. Oh, be no turning back. Be no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow my Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow my Lord. No turning, be no turning back to that darkness. No, no turning, be no turning back to that darkness. Be no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning, be no turning back. Be no turning back. Be no turning back. Be no turning back. the Lord. God bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. Remember me and Carol tomorrow. We're flying out, going to Phoenix, and then we have 
uh, Sister Shalom Swanson's wedding in, in Utah on uh, Saturday. I'm going to spend a couple of days there, and I'm going down to be with Brother Ron Peterson the next weekend. So desire your prayers, the Lord be with us. you got some really good preachers lined out that's going to fill the spot whenever I'm going here, Brother Darrell. Come and take the service, buddy. God bless you. Love you in the Lord. Thank God for light, amen. amen. Oh, our hearts are so happy. Amen. To know where we come from, to know where we're going. Amen. To know that it's not some man's ideal that's leading us, but it's thus saith the word of God. Amen. The word manifested for our day. Amen. What a privileged people we are, friends. Amen. What a privileged people we are. May the Lord go with you. Let's just bow our heads. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, our hearts are just so happy. Lord, that you have allowed us to see these things. Lord, we just rejoice in knowing that you are our God. Lord, that we didn't make you, as I heard Brother David say one time, that we didn't make you with our hands, but you made us with your hands. Father, I pray, Lord, may we take these things that we've heard. Lord, may we see ourselves in the Word. And Lord, the visions that we've read about for years and the prophecies that was given to us through your prophet. Lord, we're not just reading about them. We're in them, Lord. We've come, we're a part of the vision. We're a part of the manifestation of it, Lord. Oh, God. May we just be surrendered vessels, dear God, that the light can shine through us, Lord. Father, I pray tonight for my brothers and sisters as they make their way home, Lord. May you watch over and protect them, God. Father, with those on our prayer list and those in need tonight, may the Spirit of God move upon them, Lord, for you are our healer, dear God. Lord, we're so grateful for doctors and MRIs and CT scans and all these things. But Lord, we're even more happier knowing that you are the great physician, Lord. That our case is in your hands, dear God. And we can put all of our trust in you according to Romans 8, 28. That all things work to the good, Lord. That no matter what we face in life, it's never took you by surprise. Lord, you use it to mold us and strengthen us and make us better soldiers of the cross. Be with your people now, Lord, we pray. Bless Brother Donnie. Father, into his strength. Thank you, Lord. I say it humbly, Lord, and not to exalt my brother, but I just want to thank you, Lord, for my pastor, Brother Donnie. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing him to lead us in this local area. Oh, God, go with us now, we pray. We commit these things into your hands for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. Do you love him? Amen. in a song as you're dismissed. I'm going to let it shine. Let's sing this song tonight. This, this can be for all ages tonight. Oh, this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine This little light